Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leone, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. You used imagination to imagine the, the future of customer experience. And you wrote an outstanding book. I read the title to be sure that I read it correctly. Inside your customer's imagination, five secrets for creating breakthrough products, services, and solutions. And I read that it's really an outstanding book. And Thank you, you so have, much. You have five secrets in there. Which one do you like most? I, I, think, um, I, I think my favorite My favorite and the most important one is curiosity. And it's the one I open the book with. Um, and so I, I think that is the most important because I, I think the grounding of all that we do in customer um, service is, as we were talking about earlier, our knowledge of the customer, our knowledge of their, not just their needs and expectations, but where the innovation comes is when we begin to look at their hopes and aspirations when we begin to think beyond what they need now. Um, and, and so we start realming into what would you like it to be? What would, you know, and, and, I, and I'll give you a, a fun example. I was working with a large pizza delivery company that is worldwide. And we were doing focus groups with customers. Um, and we focused on the typical questions you'd ask about price and product and process. You know, your pizza doesn't taste that great. It costs too much. It takes too long to get here. You know, price, product, pr process. And what we were discovering is we were bored and the customers would tell us the same thing over and over and over. We weren't learning anything. So we said, why don't we ask some dreamer questions? You know, like hopes and aspirations kind of questions. So one of the questions we would ask is, what's something that no pizzas do, customer company, delivery companies doing that would be kind of cool? And People said, well, what about the box? And we said, the box? Yeah, because, you know, you deliver the pizza in a box and I throw the box away. Why don't you do something with that box? And sure enough, I, we said, like, what? Well, you could have a, a map, a coloring book, a puzzle, a, a cutout mask, you know, all kind of things you could do with it. Sure enough, about a few years later, I'm working with a large paper manufacturer that made boxes for this pizza company. And sure enough, <clears throat> there was a box, just like we had talked about, years later, where they had done something on the inside of the box and they simply put a piece of plastic, I mean, a uh, wax paper between the inside lid and the pizza so it didn't get sold. But the point is, it all came from thinking beyond needs and expectations, but it also took a relationship with the customer so that they know you are sincerely, intently interested in them. Um, and so, I tell people uh, when I talk to leaders who are trying to interview customers and do focus groups with customers, I say, ask questions around things you don't know, because a lot of times the questions are simply confirmation of what we already know. And so, and our questions are sort of aligned around that line of thinking. So ask questions, the answers are which you don't have any clue. You're, you're totally surprised by what you get back. And so I think in that, that's why I talk about it being curiosity, which is the preamble to discovery. And um, it's it, and insights, because it's not deeper understanding that's it, going to be sufficient in, a, in working with customers. It's what are the insights? What are the ahas? Well, I've never thought about it like that. 
you know, I had a, a good, I think I used this example in the book. I had a friend of mine who ran a big hotel and, and he started interviewing the taxi drivers that frequented his property to take people after their stay back to the airport. And he did focus groups with them. And what he learned was obviously the guest would say things in the backseat of a taxi that they wouldn't have said to the front desk when they checked out, how was your stay? But what he learned was things that, like he learned that when the customer complained about the fact that their, uh, that their uh, towel smelled a little scorched, like they'd been in the dryer too long in housekeeping, what they really were concerned about was how hotel fire started in housekeeping. Or when they complained about the fact that there was a, a light out in the security out, out in the parking lot, what they really were concerned about is, is my hallway safe? Or if there's dust bowls under my bed, are there bugs in my room? And so it's that insight that, that come, that aha that comes when you go beyond simply understanding their answers. And so that's the curiosity side that I think is, is uh, so critical uh, today. And that's part of the basis of how do I get inside my customer's imagination? I like to think about imagination as um, inside the customer and a door only open from the inside. And so how do I get that customer to open that door to give me access to their cool ideas and half-baked uh, ideas that, that we can use in creating breakthroughs? And they are brilliant. They are brilliant. You know, Starbucks is around the world. And people oftentimes, when they think of Starbucks, assume everything in a Starbucks is created by corporate. But they didn't. You know, cake pops were created by customers. Swiggles uh, stick, sticks in the, in the cup uh, are, are, were invented by customers. Uh, pumpkin spice latte. Wi-Fi and all, this, all those things came from customers, not from corporate. And so when we tap into that uh, enormous resource of, of ideas, but again, to get that door, them to open that door requires a special relationship, a partnership with them. And I think sincere, authentic curiosity is the first step in that process. And it, it makes totally sense. I cannot comment on that because I fully agree with you. You, you, you need to, be, to have a genuine interest in what customers are saying and are and in the question that you are asking to them in order to create experiences that are valuable for them because at the right. end if they help creating then make it makes totally sense and right. i think it's in, the, in your second uh, secret it's about grounding that promotes a clear focus and there i have a bit more specific question okay how can you listen with your whole body because you are saying not listening only with the ears, but completely listening. I think it is, it takes great practice. And if you think the, um, um, uh, I, when I was ta uh, taking co uh, counseling courses, um, psychology courses in graduate school, um, one of the questions, one of the exercises that went a part of that is, is interview yourself with a, with a, a video. And so sit in front of a video and pretend you're interviewing someone and look at the video and look at what you see. I think that's, that's um, a critical thing because you see some things about your own behavior and the signals you send by your nonverbals and your body language that you might, might not ever have seen until it's sort of like looking in the mirror, but obviously you want to create it as a video, not, not just looking in the mirror. I think that's one. I think too, there are a lot of great books. Um, out there on uh, body language, on the silent language of uh, 
Uh, so I think it's, it's all about studying how we do that. But it also, to me, the most important thing is to find a, a good friend or a spouse or partner or someone who can give you candid feedback about what they feel when you're interacting with them, you know? And so that way you begin to learn to monitor, manage your own behavior because you didn't realize it was creating that impact. You know, it's, you know, probably the most important part of it is eye contact. How, how do we look at the, you know, their windows to the soul, they say, how, how do you, how do you domain? I call it eye hugs. I use that term in the book, eye hugs. And, and what is eye hug? Eye hug means I'm looking at somebody with a, in a way that the feeling of compassion comes through clearly, that I care, that I really am sincerely interested. You know, I opened, a, I opened that uh, section of curiosity with a, uh, my conversation with Carl Rogers, who was a great psycho psychotherapist years ago. Um, and I was in La Jolla and uh, I had a chance to have breakfast with him and interview him. And, and, you know, I called it eccentric listening. It was listening like I'd never had before, like 10 minutes into it. I felt like I'd known him forever and I'd tell him any, whatever he wanted to do. Well, I've reflected a lot about that conversation and think about what did he do? And part of it was his incredible ability to be totally open and totally authentic in my presence to be totally non-judgmental. Again, it was like asking questions he really didn't know the answer to. Um, so he'd be surprised by the answer. Those kind of things I think are part of how we ground ourselves in a way that results in a more purposeful relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this masterclass because Chief Bell is really creating an, a great atmosphere and is explaining in an extraordinary way these secrets. And therefore, I allow myself to, the, go, to go to the third one. It's about discovery and risk-taking. And there you are speaking about imagination chi. I think I pronounced that in, a, in the proper way. It's, um, it's the Asian, Asian word for... Uh, for energy. Perhaps could you a bit elaborate on that? Oh, sure, sure. I think um, if you, you know, one of the most popular um, movements that we've seen is Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Tai Chi is, is essentially how I move in a way to get the energy in my body um, to move in a certain direction. Um, I took Tai Chi, my wife and I took Tai Chi lessons, and you can move in such a way that you ended up stopping and your hand would be pulsating in bright red because you just directed all the energy there. And so it's learning to say, how do I direct the imaginative imagination energy toward a, uh, a problem? And so part of what I did a lot in the book is tried to provide exercises like Tai Chi, if you would, movement exercises, mental exercises that are filled with a book designed to bring out that imagination directed at a particular uh, issue. And, and part of it lies in how you, how you think through the lens of the customer in terms of approaching a problem and how you do that. There's lots and lots of techniques. Um, one of the great books called Applied Imagination, one of my favorites years and years ago, Alex Osborne wrote, in which he took um, any situation you had, any problem you had and generated a long list of attributes uh, and then tried to force apply them to that particular problem. How can I make it bigger, smaller, tidier, grander, 
uh, made by myself, made with a manual, done alone, um, you know, I'm healthier, patriotic, you know, you can just go forever with attributes and then you start applying those uh, to that particular problem and you go, I never thought about it like that, but what if we did this? And so it's all about sort of deliberate using deliberate techniques aimed at bringing that imagination energy to a particular problem. So that was imagination chi, um, essentially the energy of imagination, directed imagination. So it, it was a it was a fun area too. But it's all part of it's all part of fostering the fun side. You know, I, I the, there's a whole section called discovery. And discovery is really about risk-taking, but risk-taking is scary. You know, my analogy is sort of a clown on a high rope, you know, a high wire. You know, there's the combined, you know, there's the fun of the clown, but I'm, I'm on a high wire, you know, so the, there's a risk-taking aspect to any kind of imaginative act activity. But how do I approach it in a way that takes the scariness out of it by introducing a sense of the clown, the fun, the boy, wouldn't it be fun? What if we did it like this? This would be fun. And so that's designed to create that kind of insight, the discovery. It, it's the way in which we can incubate ideas. Um, I used, if you remember, example in the opening part of that section about my grandmother raising chickens and she raised um, uh, little baby chickens. And, um, I, I, you know, I was, as a kid, go out and collect the eggs. But when she was, they were not collecting eggs. They were making chickens, baby chickens, sitting on the eggs long enough for them to hatch. I know she had a garden right beside it. And she would sing all the time she was in the garden. And I used to, as a child, think about, I wonder how much her singing had an impact on their productivity, their incubation of a baby chicken. It was a metaphor, but nevertheless, it's designed to say, when we bring that sense of joy and excitement, enthusiasm, even if there's an element of risk, which revealing myself is risky, taking a chance on a half-baked idea is risky, particularly if I'm a customer and you're the company, um, I need to find methods by which I introduce the, the fun side, the more adventurous side, you know, look what we're gonna learn from this. Isn't this exciting? to that whole risk-taking side. So that was, a, that was, again, part of that whole imagination, G, how we incubate ideas in an effort to create discovery, new, new ideas, despite their risk-taking. And I think it, it, it's really interesting also to see where you are going from risk-taking to the next element, it's, it's about trust. Perhaps two words about that, and I have full respect of your time. You can say, I need to go to the next meeting. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. Passion is my favorite one. Passion is, is you're asking about passion, the last one? Passion. Uh, trust. First, first trust. trust and oh, trust, 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 trust. Absolutely. And that's a core part of that risk-taking is how do I create? And part of what I talk about is not uh, uh, in trust is vulnerability what what keeps us from being completely vulnerable but the other side to it that i like to talk about is the truth truth is the part of the foundation of trust do you are you totally honest with me and um and and i use some examples that kind of cause people to go oh i've had people give me feedback that i never thought about it that way and that is do we tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth you know 
I, I, I use that in our country when we hold up at a trial and hold up our hand and put our hand on the Bible when you're going to be a witness on a trial. You, you don't say, I, I, I promise to tell the truth. You say, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. That's the, that's the line you use. Well, I've often wondered, why do you have to say three times? What, what's that all about? Wouldn't be, I promise to tell truth, be enough. But what I learned in research and where that all came from is there's a real temptation for sort of white lies. The, I'm not going to tell all that I know. I'm not going to tell the whole story here. And that it's designed to say, we need the whole truth here. We need everything. Don't hold back anything. And so when we do that with customers, they, that's the basis for their trusting us back and being willing to open their door to their cool ideas and imagination. But, you know, when you, we look at our world, sometimes we tend to not tell all the truth. Um, and, and one of my favorite examples is on an airline, I, I was landing and the pilot uh, came on the intercom and said, ladies and gentlemen, another on time uh, arrival with Mayday Airline or whatever it was. I don't even remember. And, and uh, when I left, when I got on, and I looked at my clock, I've got an iPhone and, and uh, it's pretty accurate. And I go, when I was meeting a, a client, and so on time meant on time to me. And I realized, no, we were landing 15 minutes late. And I, when I got off, I asked the pilot, I said, you said we were on time. We're actually 15 minutes late. And he said, well, the FAA gives us a fudge factor so because we have no control over what happens coming in or at the tarmat or the availability of a gate or any of those things. So they give us a little fudge factor there. And I, and I go, well, can you imagine, say, get me that, that great line, that great song from My Fair Lady, get me to the church within 15 minutes of the wedding? I don't think so. I don't think so. So why not tell the customer? Why not be totally transparent and say, well, according to the clock, we're 15 minutes late, but the FAA says we're on time according to their definition. But we tend to create these kind of not quite the whole truth, and that creates an element of mistrust uh, in a relationship with the customer. So part of that whole effort is be honest, totally honest with your customer, even if it means uncomfortable vulnerability. And so that's, that is the, um, that's the message there in, in all of that. Thank you. And you already mentioned the last uh, secret. It's about passion. And yes. it's the, the one that I love most because I am extremely passionate at what I'm doing. Me too. <laughs> I really Me enjoy too. having this discussion. Perhaps it, your final thoughts on, on passion. Well, my th thoughts are is that <clears throat> we, <clears throat> we tend to hold back, particularly in a corporate world. And, and part of the thing that's about passion, it's like pass I own. It's three words, really. It's bringing the best of who I am to people I'm around. Bet, pass, I own. It's three words. And, and what I like to talk about is it, when you're in a, in a relationship with a customer and your goal is, is imagination, pull out all the stops. Go for everything. And, and my favorite example, my good friend Seth Godin, who's a great writer. I have many of his books, and um, I, I highly recommend his books. Uh, but he did, he did a... TED talk one time in which he asked the audience, uh, hold up your hand, your, your hand um, as high as you can go. And, and then everybody in the audience does. And then he says, now hold it up a little higher. 
And everybody raised it a little higher. And he goes, what's with this? What's with this? Why did you hold back? Why did you not? The very first thing, hold up as high as you could so that you didn't have any room to go any higher. And his whole message was that we tend to be cautious and vulnerable and we tend to hold back. But we need to create a relationship in which we pull out all the stops. And, and, and that's, to me, most important in this whole creative world is let's go for broke. Let's go for it. Let's see what we can do with this. Let's take it to the max. You know, and if you think about great um, entrepreneurs, you know, I, I, one of my favorite examples is Elon Musk, who la launches a roadster in space with an astronaut driving it up there in space and playing Life on Mars, David Bowie's popular song. And I thought when he launched that, why did you do that? Well, it was fun, it, you know, and it was interesting, but as it turned out, it turned out to be kind of a prelude of common attractions. If we can do that, we can launch people, we can launch civilians. And so his SpaceX just recently had a whole team of civilians launching in space and it's going to usher in you know private companies putting people uh, in space right now it's pricey 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 but we know this is this is sort of wright brothers beginning this is you know henry ford beginning this is whatever but that whole concept of why not launch a roadster a red roadster in space wouldn't that be interesting and i think it's that kind of thinking that causes that customer to say, this is a party I got to be invited. I got to be a part of. And so that's the whole message behind that. Thank you very much. And basically, additionally to suggesting to all the listeners and to the audience to read your book, because it's full of insight and it's extremely interesting. Thank is you. there another book that you would suggest to the, to, to the audience that something, a book that you are saying, this is really a book that I like or I enjoyed extremely? I, I think that's a great question. I, I, uh, I just mentioned Seth Godin, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up. My favorite book, particularly around this topic, my favorite book is uh, Seth Godin's Purple Cow. And it's a great, great book about being uh, different and being unique and being distinctive uh, and not being boring. Um, I think that is, to me, has a strong message. And every time I hear a think about Purple Cow and why he chose that. Um, it comes from a, uh, the work of Adam Smith, not the economist, the author who wrote Powers of Mind. And he's trying to talk about how the brain is a reducing valve and we tend to learn to see things in a certain way. And we were sort of trained and his metaphor is the little boy that says, oh, mommy, look at the Purple Cow. And she goes, no, there's no such thing as purple cow. And then later on, he said, there, there's another purple cow. And she goes, no, 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 there's nothing, nothing, there's no such thing as purple cow. And pretty soon, the little boy quits reporting seeing purple cows and then ultimately quits seeing purple cows. And it's all an example of how we have a paradigm. We learn this is the way it is. And so when we learn to break those paradigms, that's when we open up doors to being remarkable, as he says. How do we create an experience so powerful people can't wait to remark about it? And so uh, that would be my one I would definitely recommend. Thank you very much. And if somebody from the audience would like to, to contact you, what's the best way? Well, my website, chipbell.com, is probably the easiest way. And at the end of my website, contact this every way you need to know to reach me. I don't, I'm not one of these people who says, 
in order for me to communicate, you got to fill out a form. I don't buy that. But so my, my phone number, my email address, and my mailing address are all on that last page. So I welcome feedback. That, that's the one also I used because I tried first to contact you through LinkedIn. And then I said, okay, I will write him an email and it worked pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And fast. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you very much. The last question is this question that I always ask is, Cheap bell, golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. Yes, I would. Thank you for asking that. Um, I, I think uh, my message is um, to trust the front line. Um, we've got brilliant people today on the front line who know a lot about the customer. They are our, not only are they our ambassadors, they are, the people on the front line, but they're also our scouts, our most important scout. And they hear things, they see things, they have thoughts about what customers need or want and expect. And we need to continually find ways to tap that in real time. Um, and, and that means leaders spending time with the front line um, to learn uh, more about uh, what, what the customer intelligence um, information. Um, and so I, I, my analogy is if you were a a captain of a fort uh, in the old wild wild west you know and you send out a scout and they're gone for three days and they come back all wide-eyed you're probably not going to say i can't talk to you now i got to go to a meeting you'd probably want to hear what they learned and i my point is your front line's coming back wide-eyed every day and find out what's mat what matters uh through their eyes and what they know about the customer Thank you very much. It was really a big pleasure to have you on this discussion on my show. It was really a great achievement for me. Thank you very much, Chip. It was really Oh, great. my pleasure. Enjoyed being with you. Thank you so much. And also to the audience, I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much, as much as I did because it was really outstanding. It was a lot of fun to learn from the best in our industry, in our environment. Thank you very much, Chip. Grazie mille. Arrivederci. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth, subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.